Welcome, everybody, to the Lakeland Sports Guys. Tom Carroll, Chris Cox, coming to you from Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood on the Monday after a big Festival of Flowers weekend. And I don't know if you saw it, but I did. Uh, the car show down here was loaded with some classic cars. And then they had all kinds of stuff going on over there by the farmer's market as well. Uh, Toperaries are out. It is. It was just a weekend to be out and about for the Festival of Flowers. Man, it's the weekend to be out now. I mean, it's a, it's a Monday, and you got people walking topiaries. And I was out of town, so I didn't get to see it. I saw a boat show in Charleston I was really impressed with, though. But that's another side <laughs> the story. Deep-sea fishing side. Yeah. Um, so. No, but glad to have you with us. we got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk, of course, about college baseball and what's going on with the Supers. Uh, South Carolina involved in all of that. we got a little bit of the good news from Mer- uh, Erskine that we'll talk about. And post-20 baseball, uh, post-20 softball to go along with it. Jim Nance probably has had his best call, I think, outside of uh, the Olympics uh, <laughs> and some of the stuff that he did in the Canadian Open with that 70-foot putter uh, to go along with it. And then um, I got something else here. Oh, yeah, South Carolina High School League and what is going on with them uh, concerning lawmakers. And lawmakers basically said, try again <laughs> for the most part. So we'll give you details on the uh, proposal that they had for the South Carolina High School League to adjust, address this whole charter school concern thing going on with field of play handle it the first time jerome we wouldn't be in this situation but anyway that's so, for jerome yeah so it'll be fun to see uh what happens with that and then uh, towards the end of it uh we'll tell you about the uh, new uh, uh, minor league baseball team going it's coming to spartanburg i got a few more details concerning all of that um, we heard uh, last month uh, back towards the end of may some information about that that they were getting one well there's some more details that are out now this so. is what football this is baseball I thought they already had the Whataburgers. The Whataburgers were a one- or two-year deal. So they're they're pretty much gone. So now they've got uh, this new team that's coming in. And where's ours? That's what I want to know. Where are the grasshoppers? We'll go (laughs) get to that, the gorillas or the grasshoppers, whichever you decide. We started this four Uh, years ago. (laughs) Want to welcome in Jim Still from uh, the Coach's Cheer podcast, and he's got his hands in just about everything else. Jim, how are you, my friend? Hey, you're doing great, guys. Thank you again for having me on. Yeah, always a pleasure uh, to talk a little bit of baseball. And, of course, you went 5-1, and one, you said, uh, this past weekend. We've still got a couple of games that are taking place today and folks that are hoping to get in. But um, for the most part, uh, right now, the, the Cinderella's are, are kind of the talk of the story. Yeah, they're still kicking for sure. And I know you were talking uh, more of Southern Miss as being one of the Cinderella's. And they're still alive. Although I do think that series may have turned in one inning uh, yesterday in, in game two when Tennessee put up a six spot. Yeah. I like, I like what you're talking about, too. As a matter of fact, that Cinderella bit mine in your butt, by the, by the way, which is Oral Roberts to me. So <laughs> that's, that's my Cinderella this year, I guess. But, I mean, yeah, you're right, though. Tennessee, I think that was the turn they needed. But I think what hurt Tennessee even what hurt Southern Miss more was the weather delay, Jim, on Saturday. Yeah, that was tough. They had some nasty weather down there, and I don't know if it benefited either team, but Southern Miss was ahead in game one, four to nothing. That game got suspended. They finished it up yesterday before they played game two. Southern Miss held on. Uh, They were up four to nothing, only scored one run. In fact, if you look at that series, uh, yesterday Southern Miss only scored in two innings out of 14 innings that they played. So, the point of the story is, I guess, Tennessee's pitching was much better, and, and they seem to kind of get settled in. And it should make for a great game three uh, this evening. I'm glad you're going to watch it, but it's going to be a route. Go Vols. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I tell you, it was, um, you know, Tennessee was down. They lost the first game. They got down four to nothing in the second game. And then that's when the power surge came. They put up a crooked number. They put up a six spot. And I think it was in the fourth inning. And they never looked back. And they went on to defeat Southern Miss. And it just has a feel like that might be the turning point in the series that propels Tennessee into uh, Omaha and put another SEC team there. Right now, uh, we have six teams who have punched their tickets to Omaha, uh, two from the ACC with Wake Forest and Virginia, and then two from the SEC with LSU and Florida. But the SEC can get two, uh, or they can get one more if Tennessee wins. And then, of course, the other game tonight is Stanford and Texas. Mm-hmm. Good games. Good games for sure. Great games. Great games, for sure. How about Stanford? Uh, that that's going to a third game as we mentioned, but they had a pitcher last night throw 156 pitches. Yeah, people were talking about that all morning long on on the on the boards. Uh, is was that a good thing? Was that a bad thing? But the thing is, is the pitches never let up. They never changed. Yeah, I, I don't know if I've ever seen that. Uh, I'm sure it's happened. Uh, pitch count has become more prevalent in in the in the last decade or so, and with the safety of, of arms being at, at the forefront, and understandably so, but 156 pitches, that's getting up there. But I saw the interview with with the young man, Quinn Matthews, after the game. He said that they weren't taking the ball from his hand. Uh, he was going to finish that game. And, you know, if the pitcher felt good, I, you know, you got to trust the coach. Uh, I think he knows the player uh, as well as anyone. And he left him in, and – uh, Stanford gets a big win and forces a game three tonight. I'm going, let me. Can I allude to something you mentioned on that, Jim? Since we're going to talk a minute here and about the game, guys, um, you probably heard me cussing at Shim Creek in Charleston this weekend. But <laughs> uh, you were talking about pitch count and and Jake Jack Mahoney, who's, who's had a really good season this year, coming off an injury last year. I mean, he threw up over what ninety pitches, and Old Mark still left him in that game. And I'm not saying that that was definitely not the reason we lost that game. Our reason was we kept our bats on our shoulders instead of swinging on. on. And, and, you know, you, you play enough ball with me to know that you cannot let the umpire rule that game, and, and that's what the umpire did in that game. Anytime he had a chance to get to strike three, it was called. And while they weren't swinging the pitches, that's another whole story from Mark Kingston. But I just felt like Mahoney did a pitch that's good a game, and that may have been what happened, Jim. I don't know. He may have told Coach. He said, look, I got this. Let's go. But when they brought that, yeah. they, the Yetch kid in or whatever his name is, the the one that's the sophomore, he pitched his butt off, man, to try to get him back in the game. But, you know, when you don't get a hit, you're not beating nobody, Bo. That's just the bottom line about that game. Yeah, you look at South Carolina just ran into a really good arm on Saturday. Uh, Walter uh, pitched eight full innings for the Gators. and Mahoney did pitch bad, but as, as you alluded to, the bullpen did pitch very well for South Carolina. They just could not – get the offense going, and, you know, I thought they had a really emotional game on Friday night that could have went either way, and kind of very similar to what happened in Clemson and Tennessee game. You lose an emotional game in that first game, and, and South Carolina just had a hard time picking themselves up. Yeah, it went from a night game to, what, a mm-hmm. midday game with a two-hour yeah. delay on top of that, so. But, hey, we both but live that, for next year, buddy. <laughs> Gamecocks had a great season, nothing to be ashamed of. They made a super region, and um, I don't think a lot of people would have expected that as, you know, you look toward the latter part of the season for Carolina. They they were really struggling with 
injuries and such. I agree with you there. Yeah. So the matchups that are coming up that we do know of uh, right now are what? Well, the bottom part of the bracket is actually um, set. I mean, you got the two-seed Florida will play Virginia in the opening round in Omaha, and that should be a heck of a game. Those are probably the two favorites to get to the championship series. But you got Florida and their arms and their offensive lineup against Virginia, who put on a little bit of an offensive display after Friday's game against Duke. So that should be a heck of a matchup. That's a 2-7 national seed, so that kind of held true. And then the other part of that bracket is uh, a little bit of a mess, but it's TCU (laughs) who took care of business against Indiana State like we thought they would. And they will play the hot Oral Roberts team, who has 51 wins on the season. So what a great series that was with Oregon. I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. ORU was up eight to nothing on Friday, and Oregon came back and scored nine runs in a row. I don't think that's ever been done in a super regional. And Oral Roberts could have stuck their heads and quit. Instead, they come back out yes or Saturday and come from behind and give Oregon a dose of their own medicine. They have a walk off two run single to win game two. And then yesterday, they battled toe and toe to the late innings, and then Oregon pitchers just couldn't find the strike zone. And Oral Roberts went on to win game three pretty easily yesterday uh, by a score of 11 to six. But that was probably the most entertaining uh, super regional that I watched all weekend. Yeah, I even texted Chris. I saw the early part of that game, and they must have been sent everybody out of the stadium and then back into the stadium for part two because they said there was nobody in the stands for that third game, and then uh, all, of, all of a sudden it was filled by the second inning. So, well, you know, you, the Lushes, like the rest of us, I mean, they, they had their nightcap and they went home and they finally got back to the ballpark <laughs> late, but they tried to get there in time. But, I mean, I, Jim, what you alluded to there about the come from behind on, on Friday night by, by Oregon to beat Oral Roberts, then they flip the script, so to speak. That that you're right. It's the intangibles of baseball and the, not putting your head in the sand and playing. I was more stunned with me though, the fact that no matter. I think Florida Virginia is going to be the key matchup. And my thought is, first one to score a run in that game might win that game. I uh, just get the pitching so good for both teams, especially with Walter and what's the kid's name Blankenship for Virginia. Um, I, I'm not sure you're going to have a lot of scoring in that. But what did surprise me was. That Duke was shut down as far as, like, a lot of runs. They scored some in that first game, but after that, the pitching really settled in for Virginia. And the leading team in home runs in, in baseball this year, the Duke Blue Devils got shut out the rest of the way. Yeah, that's a great point, Chris. I think Virginia kind of stumbled around a little bit. Duke, Duke's a good ball club, and they stole that game on Friday. But after that, it's almost like they made Virginia mad. <laughs> and the pitching staff, I thought, pitched well all week or all weekend for Virginia. And, and that should be a great matchup, as you alluded to, Virginia and, and Florida. That's, that's going to be a classic uh, right there in round one to get Omaha or to get the College World Series started out in Omaha. And that's one you don't want to miss for sure. Two teams that used to be in there, so, yeah, no doubt. Some teams with experience and, you know, some experience at the head with their, um, with their coaches and should be it should be a classic for sure, but or Roberts. I mean, you can't say enough about the fortitude and, and the makeup of that team, and they showed a lot just by coming back and winning that second game. And 
you know, don't don't count them out. They could kind of slide underneath the radar, and they'll, they'll have a tough matchup with TCU in the first round. But, um, you know, when you get to Omaha, it just, just depends on who gets hot. It's all about timing and, and who pitches the ball the best because at the end of the day, it comes down to, to pitching. The interesting thing between bracket one and bracket two, of course, with bracket two being set already, uh, you can kind of see who's there. But you got LSU, Wake Forest in bracket one, and you're waiting on either Texas and Stanford and Tennessee and Southern Miss. Uh, you know, you get Tennessee and, and, and Texas in that bracket. That's a much harder road to, to, to go down than I say that second bracket. Could be. Looks like it on paper, but, but you never know. I mean, you're right, Wake Forest – continues to impress, and, and what they did yesterday to Alabama was unheard of. They hit nine home runs, guys. They had their third baseman, Brock Wilkin, hit three home runs. They had a, their DH, uh, a kid by the name of Corona, he hit two home runs. They hit nine home runs as a team and annihilated Alabama 22-5. to five. How many times do you see an SEC team get beat by a score of 22-5 to five in a Super Regional? Yeah, you don't see that. I'm gonna get Stan Hill because he ain't here, and that might be the reason he ain't because he knew you were gonna bring up ACC and SEC. But well, <laughs> to me, it's, it's it's not about ACC or SEC. Wake Forest is a is a daggum good baseball. They number one both for a reason. Yeah, they're showing it, and they will they will get the winner in Stanford and Texas, which will be a good tough matchup for them in the opening round out in Omaha. And I think Stanford with their pitching staff could give. Uh, Wake Forest a little bit of trouble. Um, I think Stanford's more of a threat than Texas, but you never know who's going to win game three tonight. And then in the other matchup, the Southern Miss-Tennessee winner gets to take on LSU and Paul Skeens in the opening round of the <laughs> uh, of the College World Series. And Paul Skeens, probably the best pitcher in college baseball. He's 12-2, and got a 1.77 ERA in the SEC, that's unheard of. Mm. So that would be Clemson's spot if Clemson were still alive. They would have, they would have had to face him in the opening round out in Omaha. How about that, Jim? How serious? I mean, how much has this LSU team toured over the last week and a half of baseball to where they are now? They are really probably one of the legits to give to give weight that that toughest test. You're right. I mean, this oh, this baseball can do this team can do it all. You're talking about arms. You're talking about bats. When they get hot at the stick, bro, they can put 20 up in a heartbeat too. That's another one of those teams that can score the runs. And like I said, I think they had an easier road having to play a team in in Kentucky that they've already beaten. So to them, there was, yeah, a, it, was it was a common foe, and they just basically walked through that one in, with ease. I tell you, Kentucky's got 40 wins on the year. They're second in the RPI, but they were no match for LSU and. <laughs> I tell you, those LSU fans get out there in Omaha, uh, lock up the liquor stores because they're going to get good liquored up. And LSU will be a tough out with the pitching and the offense they have. Look for LSU to make a deep, deep run in the College World Series. I, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I'm not, you know, I like what you said about that because the only time I ever went to LSU for a football game, I got liquor poured on me coming out of the turnstiles after getting a butt whipping. <laughs> so you're right about that. I they lock, make up, them, lock they, them up, man. They make them a little different on the bayou down there. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> but hey, it, it's going to be a fun uh, College World Series. There, you got some traditional powerhouses. You got some Cinderella teams and. It always makes for a good mix, and if you've never been, I encourage you to get out there at some point in time. Put it on your bucket list. 
uh, and, and go out there. I was able to attend the last year in Rosenblatt, first year in the, in the new stadium, and it's just really cool. In fact, both years I went, South Carolina won the national championship. So, South Carolina fans, you might want to pony up, send me out to Omaha if you ever get back out there again. <laughs> Say nothing about it. I was out there. Anyway, you're, you're a Tiger fan, Jim, so we, I appreciate you coming out there with me for that trip. But, I mean, you're right, though, man, to, to close out. And, and to me, there won't be another Rosenblatt. They they can do all whatever they want, the improvements to the, to the new – what is it, Jim? What's the name of the stadium again, the new one? TD Ameritrade. Yeah. It, it yeah. still TD Ameritrade. They they switch sponsorships so much. They do, but, but it, it won't work. be a Rosenblatt again. I, that's just awesome. I hate it. I hate they shut it down. But I loved it. I wish it could go more of a what's this thing? Maybe kind of a venue a lot like Rosenblatt built the stadiums kind of alike to have the new with the old uh, ambiance of it. Other than the heat of, of Nebraska, so, um, that's yeah. a different style of heat too. But that's it. Like I said, we got a lot to talk about coming up in the next week or so, man. So it's getting time. But hey, I love the fact that we do have a Cinderella left. We do. We have a couple of Cinderellas with Southern Miss and um, Oral Roberts, who for sure will be out in Omaha. Tom, he's not listening to me. Is he? There's one Cinderella left. You can go and mark Southern Miss off your off your list. <laughs> Tennessee, Tennessee's winning that game tonight, man. <laughs> no, nah. well, we'll see. We'll see. Southern we'll Miss see. has got a great team. They'll bounce <laughs> back. You know, it won't be easy for um, Tennessee, but that's why they play the game. So, Jim, are you staying with Tennessee or are you going with Southern Miss? I'm going to stay with Tennessee. I like it, buddy. I like it. But fortunate to get five out of six. We'll stay with Tennessee. We'll stay with Stanford, and we'll see what happens. All right. I all still right. got them Texas Longhorns. I don't like them, and I don't like hooking nothing, but it's all good. <laughs> but I, I just – I don't – you know, other than Oregon, I didn't really think the, the pack was that good this year. So, we'll see. All right. Well, Jim, appreciate you. Thanks so much for coming hey. here. Thank you, guys. Hey, and, Thursday, uh, bring your butt up here. Thursday, bring your tail up here. We'll do some post-20, and we'll talk a little bit of other stuff with the with this thing going. Good. All right, bud. We'll get our College World Series picked in on Thursday since it starts on um, is it Saturday. Yeah, it starts Saturday, Saturday this week, yeah. Yep. Going to be fun. All right, guys. See All you, right. bud. Thank Take you guys care. for having me on. Oh, you're welcome. Glad. Anytime. <laughs> All right. Have a great afternoon. All right, you bye. Jim Steele joining us here on the Lakeland Sports Guys, calling in, talking a little bit of the college baseball aspect and uh, what is going on as far as the Super Regionals, with two of them being left uh, as of right now. Texas and Stanford get underway this late this afternoon, and then uh, Tennessee and Southern Miss leader tonight. That one, at, so. the one at Stanford, it, it, thank goodness it starts early because it's, I mean, you're talking about the left coast anyway, so it's going to be a late You've got to add game. three hours on to be a late it so game. you can see it here. So, so it'll be a four o'clock game or so, five you, o'clock. You six. might get to watch it about 11 midnight to be over with by then. <laughs> if there's not any delays. <laughs> so and that's been the theme of the weekend, though, Thomas, delays. You've had, what, three or four weather delays already. And I mean, that's, I know it's that time of the year where you have to worry about it, especially here on the, the in the south and in the Midwest, but, uh, Hopefully they can get that game in, and like like Jim says, man, that's going to set up a huge. Those two, I just can't imagine that the the winner of that one, those two meeting each other because that's going to be phenomenal baseball. Yeah. Well, to get a little further into the uh, South Carolina game uh, against Florida and what went on, and of course it was Waltrip um, that was the difference maker. Hurston Waltrip goes eight, eight in, as Jim alluded to, but. The fact that he got rocked in that series in South Carolina, what, they had five home runs off of him. But here he throws 117 pitches, 76 of them for strikes, um, only allowing one hit over the course of all of that. That's one of those guys that 
It, we've done it at Carolina. Mahoney was a prime example, the guy that pitched in that game against mm-hmm. Walter. You know, when a pitcher gets rocked, man, it, it does something to that your your psyche to where, you know what, you want to play that team pretty much again, directly again. And that's what he did. I just I, – there were there was just times that, you know, even if it had we left Mahoney in and the, the kid that came in Yelich or whatever his name and it came in to, to take Mahoney's spot, what we could not do is get a hit to get to Walter to get him out of the game. Yeah. When we finally got him out of the game, I thought we still had a chance. In all honesty, we were down what four nothing. I thought put a couple hits together, and there again, all we could do was put the battle on our shoulders and just stand there. Yeah. Well, you look at Waltrip; sixty, sixty-five percent of his pitches were off-speed pitches. I mean, they they were he used the fastball basically to strike everybody out. Yeah, I mean, when you're throwing, when you can throw at ninety-five. And you can use the little I, – we, my, I had a coach in high school called the little button pitches is what he would call it, your knuckles and sliders. <laughs> when you can throw the button pitches like that and then throw the heat on top of you, oh, there's not – you can do a lot about a pitcher. And, it, you know, the thing is, you were talking about the home runs. His, his ERA is not that bad. Mm-hmm. Even though Carolina busted him in Columbia. But there again, that's a hitter's ballpark. It is. So the Gamecocks finished their season 42-21. and 21. Um, They got to that 42 mark, which they wanted to be at, what, at the end of the SEC tournament. They didn't quite get there. But 15-win uh, improvement over last year? See, Gamecock fans got to be ecstatic. You know, I'm, as I told you earlier today, I'm still not 100% with Mark Kingston, but there's the, you know, you want to see a guy's um, repertoire, whatever he does, his resume. This year's resume from last year's, it'll save his job for two or three years, um, and it's just going to solidify that team even more. I don't, but see, as a fan, I'm not 100 percent sure that I do. I want to lose games to lose a coach that that I don't really think is the best thing for the job. I'm not that kind of guy. I'd rather win the games. I kind of like Chris Phillips on that. Um, and yeah, when you can get when you get your 40 42 wins or something like that after what last year did, yeah. I mean, but Tom, I'm still asking you the question. I wish Jim was still on. I can we'll ask him Thursday, but. If there's an opportunity for Ray Tanner to call North Greenville and say, "Hey, I want can, can I at least talk to Landon Power since he played for me?" <laughs> Just put why not? You put, know, he's I mean, not going to be there long. No, he's he's a guy that I'm telling you, a team like North Carolina, teams that that made the tournament this year, uh, they're going to be looking. Because, like I said, you don't just – and that's kind of like the story with Oral Roberts, that guy that they got. I can't remember what school he came from, but he came from a big school to take that job. Landon Powell is going to be a super coach somewhere in the ACC, SEC. I think he'll go that high to Division One school. I, I just hope it's not too late for the Gamecocks. Try to get him in there some way, some form. Yep. So, And did you see the pictures with uh, Ray Tanner and – don't get me started again. <laughs> I mean, I look, I, here's the thing: when you when you go down to another another team, and I know he hosts Spurrier when he does when they come to Carolina, and you know Spurrier had his office and everything there. Um, but you know, I think about professional ads, Sparky Hutz. Let's just leave Sparky out there because he's another podcast we're going to do again here in a little bit. Um, I want to see my ad. I don't mind him like hobnobbing and everything like that, but. Why am I going to spend – now, Howard Corner's a different story. He's standing right here beside me. Now, look, if I'm an AD and Howard's been a head coach every point, I'm all for it. But if Spurrier Spur, – he's never going to be the coach of South Carolina again, I hope. So, why are you going to spend, like, the whole day in the press box with him, loving up on him and stuff? Oh, man. Go out there, enjoy that regional in Florida, and look at players and see what we need to do as a baseball team instead of worrying about something else. He says we got our football coach. All I can do is trust him. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a telling story. But it was when you sent me that, I had not seen it. Yeah. And I was like, 
Spurrier. Is he a baseball coach? No. <laughs> is he athletic director in Florida? No. And I go back and look at it, and then you look. They spent all day, and, and they gave you the itinerary of them. Mm-hmm. They had this brought in. They had Duck one day. I was like, man, Duck's good. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> at a baseball but, game. But why are we – I guess the, my question is, why are we catering to a former coach? They, they, he did a lot for the university. He did. I'll give him credit. Um, but, I mean – and maybe I'm taking it wrong. Maybe well, maybe the Carolina fans love to see Spurrier with anything we do. And you got to remember those two were real buddy buddy though. When Tanner was also a coach down yeah. there, he wasn't the athletic director at that time. Yeah, so. that's the weird thing I'll say yeah. about Tanner. He's pretty much been friends with every coach that there's been, and they support each other in Columbia. And I do like that aspect of Ray Tanner. He expects the admiration between all the coaches and everything, and I respect that about him. So I just – it just – the photo threw me off a little bit. And I'm like, you know, got a really good baseball game, and these guys are eating duck. So, yeah. so uh, we are at Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. Amber is back. Glad to see her back. And everything's running ship shape as it should uh, through the course of this week as of right mm-hmm. now. So come on out. Uh, take advantage of the daily specials that are going on. Of course, today the hamburger special uh, with the fries to go along with all that. But Thursday's our favorite, the twice-baked potato and the ribeye steak sandwich. Uh, you 52 it again. I know what you did. Uh, I know I did it. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. Well, let's talk a little bit about American Legion baseball. Post-20 in action last week. They go one and two over the course of the week um, that is there. And and really, the, the, we're not batting bad. We're just not batting consistent. Does that make sense? It does. I mean, we're, we're getting crooked numbers, you know, in the games. Unfortunately, though, with our pitching right now, other teams are getting a couple more innings with crooked numbers to go along with it. But you look right now, leading um, – the leading batter with a 556 batting average right or slugging percentage right now is Caden Poor. He's batting 444 as far as his batting percentage goes on average. And right behind him, Demetrius Warren to join them. And then uh, uh, after that, there is a little bit of a downfall, but you're still in the 200s with Emmanuel Ruasis and uh, Jared Willard. And Caden's really one of the top pitchers on that staff, too. Uh, yeah, he pitched easy, in game one. Is pitching easier? At Legion Ball or hitting easier for you, Tom? Coming right. off already, coming off a season, what would you say? Coming, is coming off a season, I would have to say that the hitting is probably easier. So, Coach Tim, I mean, Coach Hamilton, you know, I, I think they're okay. Um, I might have jinxed them on the one game. Did I jinx the Anderson game? Because I said that. You might have. That was an easy win for Greenwood <laughs> post 20. But Will Bryce has done well. He's come in in relief in the middle innings, and he's pretty much been the uh, the guy that's been able to shut folks down when when they've been going fairly well. And it's usually the middle innings. It's like that third, fourth, fifth inning are, are, are where we have a little trouble in the pitching aspect of it where they put up the cricket numbers. But for the most part, though, we do great outside of that. Brad and Sheely's having a good game. You mentioned uh, Caden Poor uh, was doing well before he got taken out. Demetrius Warren comes in in relief, pitched very well on Thursday uh, to go along with that. And I can't wait to see Jonah McCary. Um, he pitched one inning, uh, did extremely well um, in striking out two batters in the process of that. So I got to get over there, man, because I know. Let me ask you another Are they treating you good over there or not? They do treat need, me Do I need to come up? You getting your hot dogs? And no, okay. they treat me right. very when, well. When that Matter of fact, they had a barbecue me. sandwich they brought me the other All right, day, well, so. good. Whenever it stops, then you let me know. I have to get on somebody <laughs> up at Legion, up at Nave Stadium. Uh, so, But like I said, if, if you're looking for something to do during the week, Get out and watch the, the the Lakeland Legion players, and they need your support just like the high schools. If it comes yeah. down to Emerald or Greenwood, you got players from all these teams. Saluda, uh, if you're in Saluda, man, what are you doing other than that? Go watch Jonah McCary and pull for post 20. He's a part of that team now. Yeah, they're going to be in action uh, tomorrow. 
They're going to be taking on Anderson Post 14 up there at T.L. Hannah High School. Then they go to Greer on Wednesday. Uh, that's at Stevenson's Field. And if you haven't been there, that is a historic field. You need to go and see that one. And then they return on Thursday. They'll be back at Legion Field at John Ames Stadium on Thursday, 7 o'clock first pitch to take on Greer Post 115. So. That sounds like a fun And uh, Post 115 right now is leading uh, zone six, so you know, or league six. So we so want to make sure that, you know, we want to get the win against those guys. We got to have the one that, and that would what even it up is the series between us, I guess. Um, I hope because they won last week, right? Yeah, uh, well, Anderson won last week. That's what I was, what so I was talking the about. Game, the game tomorrow, we got to even it up with the win, okay? Um, and then the first meeting with Greer is uh, Wednesday. I was just wondering on your take of it because, like I said. I, d- I never really messed around with Legion because it wasn't an option for me because, like I said, I had an option to be a lifeguard or else, you know, play Legion ball. It, was, it wasn't offered like it is around here now. but um, And it's important for the kids because it helps develop the kid for the next season. So if you're a coach like Coach Baker and, and Coach Height, I mean, if it was me, I would definitely influence the kids to do, you know. I, like, I still love what Baker said on his little thing. He says, look – You've given me everything you got all year long, and I appreciate you and I love you for it. My dudes, if you want to go to the beach, go to the beach. But if you want to continue to play baseball, I'll support you. So I, I like a coach for that attitude. Yeah, I think it's out there. And he comes out and watches too. That's the thing. Good. Not to mention they got the juniors that are playing tonight yep. also yep. over at That's Emerald. That's at Emerald, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think it's the uh, the Eagles playing at Emerald. Is it, it is. Not? You and I keep up with – you do better with Post 20, but as soon as I see stuff, I, I post it. So, I may have started getting on Post 20 a little bit about getting me to stuff a little bit earlier so we can keep – because I'd like to keep up with the wins and losses. I think Lakelands would like to see the brackets, uh, and that may be something you and I can just do individually uh, just on our page, just keep up with, with that. Uh, I'm not really worried about, like, hitting and pitching and stuff like that because I don't ever want – Somebody to read one of my one of my posts. Something and a guy has a bad game and ZRA shoots way up and then it gets down on that team. This is a this is one team they all play together and so uh, wins and losses and stuff like that. I like to follow it and keep up with the district. How many districts are we talking about? There are six. Okay. In the in the uh, senior league portion. Right. Um, I'm gonna have to go. Well, there's six in the junior as well. So. Uh, I, I just got to learn a little bit more about what's going on with because Legion's changed so much since I was there, by you know, hands down. But yeah, well, the uh, Panthers from Post Seven are leading the juniors in League Six. The Eagles uh, Post Twenty are second. Uh, Mid Carolina Juniors third. Newberry Post Twenty Vikings are in the fifth spot, followed by Clinton, and then the Post Twenty Wildcats. So there's a lot of folks. That's one of the bigger brackets in the juniors. And like I said, you got, got. I mean, not only do you have this time, what else you got? You got the softball. Got also. the softball, and both they, sides a bit. Yeah, they won the first game three nothing uh, against Abbeville on Thursday night, so they had that to go along with it. Um, and then you got to look at uh, also um, the second game. They ended up winning. I think it was fourteen to three. 14-4 in the second game. So despite that opening season loss to Mid-Carolina, they've come out with a vengeance and have dominated all last week. And Mid-Carolina's a pretty good team. Yeah. I just wonder I where – I split the series with them. Where so. does – what's the team I was going to ask you about? I guess it would have been like the Edgefield team last year, the schools from down that way. Are, who are they playing with this year? Like your Fox Creek and all that. Are they North Augusta or are they – North Augusta is involved. Um, Reach Spring and all those. Yeah, I think you're, you're looking more right now at, at uh, you know, the Midlands over there in the Columbia area are going to be more of a challenge um, mm-hmm. and the Darlington area for oh, sure. Florence. Dar- that, Florence yeah. <laughs> Softball-wise, those are going to be the biggest challenges to post-20. And, and they had, that's been synonymous for years with the, that Florence. You're right, that, that's been the region the past 30 years probably in post – 
in, in American Legion baseball has been that team that's been that dominant from down there. I don't know how many they've ever won, but they're solid. Yeah. How long, how many years did – well, you remember the P-15s out of Sumter. How many yeah. years did they – I mean, they they must have went on like a 10-year, 12-year run where they were constantly not only in the playoffs but going to the, the – uh, uh, the series. Yeah, Greenwood never had a chance. Again, that was one team yeah. there that had the pitch. You talk about a team that had pitching and hitting. And, I mean, when I say pitching, I'm talking about maybe a two-point ERA against teams that are hitting 600. I mean, they had both hitters and pitchers in that. I, that was, You brought up a memory there now because <laughs> I thought about the 15s in a while. Strolling down memory lane. <laughs> Come along with it. You're something, guy. That's all good. Yeah, that's how it works. Um want to say uh, if you are an Erskine football fan, not to change the subject, but to change the subject. If you are a Erskine football fan, the uh, Doty Phillips membership uh, for the upcoming season is now on sale. So if you want good seats, great seats, uh, they went on sale, uh, I believe, this morning. Did they not? If i got to go back and look. Yeah, the Erskine four home games stretch uh, September 23rd against the S. SAC for Newberry College is when it's going to get all get started. So, um, but yeah, they're on sale as of now. So you can what you can do is you can go on to their website, go to erskinsports.com. You'll see a link that is there. Um, go ahead and click on that link to the uh, Phillips Club, and that'll take you where you can apply for your uh, membership. Yeah, we already talked about Coach Boyd and the, the season they're going to have. I mean, this is this is the same league, but it's a different schedule, right? It's a little bit different than last year. Well, it's a yeah, it's a little different. It's, it's um, a little bit more lenient, I think. But we like well, I said, you still got to run the ball. <laughs> I'll give it to you here to start off with. They're going to start off the twenty three season, um, taking on Allen University, and that uh, will be down in Columbia, by the way. And mm-hmm. we all know what Allen did last year. They were uh, one of the better ones uh, in improved, their division. I think it's what they got. Yeah, and then they got Shorter University. Uh, they'll be in Rome, Georgia, for that. Then they. Um, uh, have to go to Hickory, North Carolina, take on Lenore Ryan, and then they get Newberry back at home at JW Bab Stadium, and then they go on the road uh, again. They get Wingate, and then Mars Hill, and then they get Carson Newman back at JW Bab, and then they go on the road to uh, Virginia Wise, and then they're home against Tusculum, uh, who I thought they you know, it was that their one win last year. Yeah, it, I, I might have been wise. Yeah. I can't remember which. Um, and then Emory uh, and Henry, they go on the road to that, and they finish the season against Barton College, which has joined them. They're kind of parallel each other into this uh, South Atlantic Conference. Yeah, they kind of, they kind of, those two teams have kind of got a little robbery going, man. But that the the what the road games are going to be pretty tough with the travel. I didn't. I was thinking a little bit easier this year than it was last year, but I may be wrong. There were a lot more home games it seemed last year, and, yeah. and that's obvious by the fact that you know I think Allen. I don't think they. They played Allen last year. I think Allen mm. was one that, that's added this year. But Shorter, they had at home. I know Lenore Ryan they had at home. Um, they went to Newberry. They were home against Wingate and Mars. I mean, they had a lot more home games last year. Like I said, you, you're going from – let me say it again. You got uh, – I know where Tuscan is. That's a home game. But I, the one that got me was you're going from Virginia. From Carcer – Maybe that's it. Wingate, that's it. Wingate, Wingate. and then you're going to play. Yeah. So you play got you got two or three games that are going to be fun for the fans to follow. So, and they're not bad road trips. And like I said, if you can't go to it, you know, uh, you know, Benji and the guys do a really good job doing the games, the home games on radio. So we'll see. I know they're looking for another year. So yeah, I wish they do all the games. You know, but it's that Division Two thing where with the COVID, they just found it easier to let the home teams just broadcast those. So. 
That would be it takes something. away the fans' excitement. I, I, I will say this: if you were to do that, Benji, you would need another D Tom Carroll. It, it would be something that I don't think a two man crew could do, Tom, because like I say, they do Abby, but we do Greenwood. It would almost take a whole. You'd have to have an engineer set everything up. You for would, you. and then you got to travel to get there, and I mean, it, it would be t- like let's just say the the wise. Virginia-wise or whatever, you're talking about leaving Abbeville at, at midnight, probably at earliest, 11 o'clock, uh, to get to Virginia. It can be done, but you're right. you got to have somebody have everything set up, and when you get to the game, you got to physically do the game. Yeah. And, and the reason for that is because they're doing the football, high school football, yeah. that Friday night before. So you need mm-hmm. to have somebody that can get up there Friday night, can go ahead – get set up in that booth and have it ready yep. so that they can sleep in that morning. Well, like I said, you would almost need a tag team to do it. I mean, you, it, it would it would it'd almost take you and Benji both, and y'all are both play-by-plays, and it would take a, a, two color guys to get on there, and, and that way you could kind of offset the script a little bit to where you'd have – you could do the games, but he wouldn't be, like, just wearing tear on you or Benji and or whoever. Um, it, it, would, it would take a lot, but I, I think you're right. I think fans would like it. I know I'd enjoy it. Or I'd better yet, or better yet, just if you can't make the game from the Emerald, I mean from the Erskine side, get their play by play and play that game using their their callers. Maybe you know what I'm saying. Just use um, the Wise Virginia, whoever it is. If they're on get radio, to yeah, broadcast, broadcast that game, and that should be something that could be easily worked out between the two schools. I mean, because it, it could work the same way. If they can't come down here and you got broadcast, or if Barton doesn't have a broadcast team, it, it should be worked out in the schedules to where if you have a broadcast team, then you can get it and, you know, it can be yeah. at least on, on your screen. There would have to be some format issues that would have to be addressed. But It's a lot of work. <laughs> we, we'd like to both see it. But, I mean, I know Benji's probably over there kicking his head. Tonight he's going to be like, oh, my goodness, they don't think we do enough. <laughs> You know, Benji, the reason I said that, man, is because, man, you, you, you've got all these rings on your hands, man. You're walking around, and we're going to get one sooner or later, but um, y- y'all are given to get them, but, I mean, y'all do such a good job. And like I said, um, I, Abbeville football is going to be fun again this year. I've started looking at their schedule and some of the games they've got and that region. Yeah. That 2A is going to be a hotbed. Um, I'm still kind of waiting on Jerome and him to say, hey, you know what, Abel, you won too many times and everything. We're going to move you up a little. And then you're going to see the panic and the tears coming. But I'm ready for that. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to get to that here in a second. Yeah. <laughs> it's ahead, coming buddy. up. I um, also want to make mention Billy Howard. Congrats to him. Welcome to uh, Greenwood, South Carolina, and the Lakelands as well. Uh, Coach Howard has uh, been, what, promoted? or I should say, is the new eSports head coach for the Bearcats, if you want to look at it that way. You know, back, I don't know how many years ago, my mom would have been static about this because all my cousins, whatever they want to do is play video games, and now you can get a scholarship to play video games yep. in college and earn a degree. Um, and I would imagine your degree is probably going to be in design development or something after you finally do graduate. But it's something I didn't know about. You told me about on Thursday, and I was like, what? Uh, and and even B Rad knew what it was, uh, so e gaming must e sports must really be pretty popular it's, on ESPN. Yeah, so. and we get a good one too. When you look at, at Coach Howard, he coached at Florida Southern, which was the Peach Belt Conference League of Legends champion. Uh, as a matter of fact, over there in Aiken. So, you know, you're getting somebody that that knows what he's doing and is going to come in here. And and even I, as a coach, how do you coach video games? That's that's the hard part for me. But you got a five-man team, six-man team that you, you know, call of duty kind of ways or something of that nature. It could be easy that way, though, because you think about it. I would imagine if, if like, like I love like the EA football game. I still play it to this day from ten years ago. I mean, I would, I would imagine there's a way that they can keep up with how many hours I'm playing a video game. 
<laughs> so you'd be like, as a coach, all right, now you're, you got to study all these games today. And I can tell how many you've looked at, how many you've actually played, how many you told me you played. And I guess you could probably do it that way since it is on the computer. But I, I just think it's a new concept. It's, it's new to me. I think it's going to be fun to see it. I'd like to get him on here. And that's the first question I think Stan's going to say is, how do you monitor what your, what your student <laughs> athlete's doing? So... Well, and just think, you know, you 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 got to go to practice before you go to do your homework and everything else. So you get to go play video games before you got to have your studies done. You remember when me when I was at USCA when I was at Lander, the, you know, you had to pack every time you went in the little rec room at Lander, it would be that little window, 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 window. You know, all the Pac-Man games. You played tennis and ping pong. And, you know, everybody played the little, like I said, pool, ping pong, bab, you know, stuff like that. You didn't really play the video games because that was. Mm-hmm. For the nerds. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but I mean, I love my sports games, and I, I play a lot, like, say, Call of Duty, stuff like that. So it, that would be an interesting – we're going to do it because it would be an interesting podcast for gamers out there. I think I saw somewhere where, matter of fact, there's a new store in town that's for gamers and it's something gaming. Games and card card games it's like, and that type of thing. Yeah, yeah it's like, over there um, on uh, – Spring Street. Yeah, I saw it. I haven't been in the store yet, but it's like books, um, cartoon books and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and, and old games. And, and so, evidently, it's making a run. So, man, we got a couple little topics we can go with. It's going to be fun. Uh, the other topic that's out there is Lawrence County Speedway. Uh, congrats to their young guns. Um, <laughs> this guy, Carson Taylor, we've got to get him in here because he has been dominating the young guns uh, as of right now. He won another one on Saturday to go along with it. So, uh, he's making his way towards the championship run as well. Um, that's in there. But they've got, uh, you know, all the old guys and new guys kind of mixed up in the uh, some of the others, late models and the four-cylinders and, and the crown stocks to go along with all that. And this is where, if you want to get into racing, this is where you get started. I just say you're right. So we're, we're going to see this guy's name somewhere down the line. I, I, I really believe it, that Carson Taylor, the way that he is racing, uh, just, you know, three sheets to the wind right he, now. That's another one of those things that, that, that so just a. It'd be tough to do a podcast at a race, too, because it'd be so loud. <laughs> yeah, well, you, well, we wouldn't hear it, but they got a race tomorrow. <laughs> As a matter of fact, the 42nd annual Lawrence County Speedway uh, um, is hosting a race tomorrow. Uh, it's their shrine race, as a matter of fact. So come on out. $20 admission for the grandstands, $35 if you want to get into the pits. Ten, kids 10 and under are free, uh, and it's a good time. It is. You it's know, fun. You get, you get to, you, and dirt tracks are that much more fun. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'll tell a story on myself. Well, you, you met Lee Skipper from Marion. You know, he invited me to go to uh, Livonia, Georgia, to the dirt track. And when he picks me up, I got on the bike while like what I got on today, except I had a white golf shirt on. And then, you know, somebody he says, uh-uh. <laughs> he said, you going to take that shirt off? He said, I gave, he gave me some tie-dyed Rambo shirt of the race car guy. He said, man, you can't go and look like you're coming off the golf course, man. That ain't right for dirt track track racing mode and by the time i got home no lie tom it it was it was sunny and hot down there and then it went into the night and luckily people just didn't look at us like we were fools because with the sunglasses on sweating by the time i got home i looked like a raccoon facially Mm -hmm. i was dirty 
it hit that shirt he had. You just had to wring it out. It had so much dust in it. And I'm so glad I didn't wear like what like uh, what I usually wear when I play golf and stuff because you, you don't want to wear that to a dirt. I I wouldn't wear that shirt. No, there. you wear your working in the yard clothes. To, yeah, exactly. But <laughs> working for, on for, the car clothes for a guy like me that doesn't know a whole lot about racing. And that's funny because you know my cousin Jack Hawks, they race. Nick Dietz, all those guys are on that. Nick's on that circuit right there. Matter of fact, and and um, so I've grown up with it in my family, and I'm just I, I'm the one out of the Alabama crowd that wasn't a racer for some reason they kept it going and they you know like i said if you ever really want to start doing something like this all i gotta make is the one call so we'll have you know we'll get chad in here and he raced up until about five years ago and so his wife nick's mom she's a crew chief i believe she changed the tire she works on the car and so uh, it's a lot of work that goes into it but it tells you it's a family affair type deal and that's what goes on in lawrence yeah, it's a lot of fun. I always enjoy watching and seeing what's going on. And the, the interviews are great, too. So we'll have to see if we can't get Taylor on here. And they advertise it really well yeah. on Facebook. I mean, that Facebook page for, for Lawrence County, it lights up when it comes to that. So, I mean, they're doing their job. They're promoting. Yeah, between that and then the, the Where Shoals dragway, yeah. I mean, you want to see some fun. I mean, that would be a fun date. Now, I took my wife when we were dating. I took her to Darlington's uh, drag race. <laughs> track races that were up there um and i you know when you get free tickets you get free tickets and when you're you know 20 years old 21 years old you'll take any tickets oh, that yeah. you can get so that's what i ended up getting i took her to there and uh we haven't been back to one yet but she says she enjoyed it so <laughs> hey she stuck around with you so hey she, mu- she must have she must man. have she enjoyed it she must have um so get out and support tomorrow uh, as we said around six o'clock they can get everything started as far as racing gets going um over at the lawrence county speedway uh also want to make mention that uh, lawmakers uh, have kind of put a kibosh on what the south carolina high school league is trying to do as far as promote uh, a fair advantage on the field that is out there and, um as it stands right now uh, this uh, the senate basically kind of Took it off the took it off the books. They didn't even really vote on it. They just said we're not going to vote on it, which means you're going to have to reapply again next year in, in order to do it. But there are 219 members in the high school league that split into five classifications. Of those, 15 are public charter schools and four are private schools. And there are uh, what new charter schools that are being added? Uh, two new ones, I think, that they added just this spring to go along with it. But what what's everybody's concerned about, and I think um, the folks that are playing gray right now uh, in, in that region have basically said, we're not playing we're not you. Playing. We're, we're just not going to do it anymore. And that, that's where the focus really started to intensify this year. Um, it was not only in football. They did it in basketball and baseball. Well, baseball they were really good at, so they didn't do it in baseball. But um, the other two sports they did. Uh, and, and when you look at it, it take a – over the course of this 22-23 year, 13 of the 16 teams for the fall and winter state champions in Class A and 2A were won by charter private schools as of right now. Um, teams from Oceanside Collegiate won four more state titles this spring. Oceanside defeated Gray for both the uh, 2A boys soccer and baseball championships that were there. So the proviso that was removed Thursday, which is the Interscholastic Athletic Association, has the authority to, right now to kind of make adjustments to the classifications to promote a competitive balance that is there. That's what they're looking at. The measure has passed through the South Carolina House back in May, um, but it didn't get through the Senate. They just said you're going to have to reapply and do it again. So what that means is that South Carolina is going to have to kind of do what they've been doing in trying to promote, and that's basically going off of attendance. 
You know, how many people you got attending your school? And that's all they can do is move them up or down in order of fairness. And, and really, it's not the same players that the, the public schools, you know, that they have that, that are there. you got a wider – well, I guess the biggest difference is you've got the whole state uh, that can go to your school, whereas the public schools only have their school district boundaries. We're in a situation now that – what was it, four years ago or three years ago when we were still at Fox that they had reviewed this and Jerome and them, they ruled in their, the way they wanted to rule on it. They've already ju- – they ruled on it. And now we're to where the Senate's having to come in and try to make – the necessary changes, so to speak, that should have been done by another group, the high school league, they would have – there may have been lawsuits from the uh, – Well, there was one already from the Their charter schools, school and that's did. fine. I mean, but, I mean, now, again, we, we, we government's involved in something really that should have been handled. Seriously. Or I you mean, created the high school league. Yeah. Give them the power to make it a fair playing field. And it's like it, – I, and I come down hard on – and I don't mean to come down on Coach Singleton just because of that, but – you're the governing body for the high school and stuff. It's your job. And if you don't do your job, what happens, Tom? They find another committee or group that can do it. And I just wonder at what point in time, and this may be what that point in time, I don't know who, I guess this group here, I guess you're, who deals with base of the high school league? Who, I mean, is it the is it athletic directors, coaches, and stuff like that that, that have a ruling body over the high school league? Or the, the members of the league have a ruling body. So that's yes. who you would be dealing with yes. if, if Jerome and the guys weren't doing their job. And, I mean, we may be at that point to where we just have to appoint somebody else. I mean, just going to go in with the with more of a political side on his on his side, track record or whatever. And I, and I know, look, I believe Jerome is the president now because of Shell, Coach mm-hmm. Dua. I think pretty much Shell promoted him to that. If I'm not mistaken, I don't think it's got to be when you're you're hired on, or yeah. you're. I think you're you're promoted by the, the your successor, um, and Shell did a really good job. I saw it with it. I mean, and I thought he was a lot more fair. But I think about it, he was also a little bit more of a politician than Jerome really wants to be. I think Jerome Jerome's really just worried about hurting feelings and stuff. But when you're talking about this, and you got public against private. Well, for one, the kids in the private schools, the money-wise, the money's no issue for them, on most right. parts. Um, and it was funny you said that because, like I said, I've been in Beaufort and I've been in Charleston, and there's two more charter schools coming out of down there. I'm talking about Mount Pleasant. So now you're going to have one, though. They already got Oceanside. There's another one, maybe two. No, the other one's in Myrtle Beach. You're going to now have two charter schools in Mount Pleasant. You're going to have Oceanside and Seaside. I don't know what yeah. – whatever the <laughs> collegiate's going to be. But, I mean – I, I don't know the answer. I just know that it's not right, and I don't think that it's fair to your public schools that do things and have regulations to do things the right way, and yet another group is allowed to do whatever they want to do. Yeah, I don't and, think and, that's right. And that's going to have to come from, from the legislature to make that decision and realize that you know the, the playing fields aren't fair. The high school league can do what it can, but you know some of the proposals that are out there that the high school league has put up I think are fairly good. One, moving the charter and private schools to their own classification, which you and I have said – previously uh, over the last couple of years to go along with that. That has been one of the things mentioned so that they're competitive against each other and also state champions. Um, And then uh, maybe enacting some sort of multiplier system uh, that is out there um, to the athletic success and the enrollment factor that they end up playing up, like you said, uh, we see Abbeville might do it into a higher classification, maybe 
face some of that tougher competition to go along with it. Um, we already know that Georgia and Tennessee have done that, uh, as well as 20 other states have enlisted that multiplier system. And it seems to be working despite the fact that um, you know, a, a lot of the private and city schools are the ones that are still winning the championships. You're right. I think North Carolina is a prime example of that. Um, and now North Carolina, we're not here yet, Tom, but, uh, you know, when I had the opportunity and I met Dr. Glenn the first time at the baseball game, he didn't have no idea who he was meeting, I promise you. Because now he's going to be like, I wish I'd gone that game. <laughs> but, I mean, like, you know, Sparky and I had a chance to talk just briefly during the spring game about the NIL, and he, he basically looked at me and he said, I know what's coming. They're dealing with right now in North Carolina, and it's just me, but I don't know that I have the faith in our high school league here to be able to deal with it, in all honesty. Just by what, I, just what I've seen with you and I working together, either at Fox Sports or doing this, the decisions that are, are – are, they're more or less not made, they're tabled. And then you end up seeing a political group get involved. You get senates and congresses, and you got representatives that are, are making the rules that these guys should make. So I can already tell you, if NIL does come to South Carolina, it's going to have to be by that group, this group right here. You're going to have to find the political means in order to get it passed, in order to have it happen. And that's a that's the argument right there that I'm not even really wanting to talk about now because of my feelings about it. I mean, already, I, and like I and Sparky, he did say that we once it came to fruition, we would talk about it with the NIL stuff. And and I just don't – can you imagine how much more that's going to put on somebody in this district to have to keep up with the number of hours or the, however you regulate to pay a Josiah Jeffrey to play at Greenwood <laughs> or, or, or to play two sports? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I hate that it's coming down to this again, but to me it's a decision that should have been decided two years, three years ago, and they didn't do their job. And in my opinion, if you don't do your job, man, you don't have one. I mean, step, so. Somebody else needs to step in and do the job. Right. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm it's not, not. going to call it in there and get it. I mean, <laughs> maybe we put Coach Five in for – I mean, because if you go on the second line league, they're hiring. I can tell you that. I did see that the other week. Mm-hmm. They're looking for people for jobs. And, I mean – I, I wouldn't want the head. I got enough of a headache just being on a town council. I don't certainly wouldn't want something like that. See, but you but, got the, that political side to know what. Well, here's you the thing. Perfect for this job. I, I may be, and here's the thing. I can. Uh, I would do my due diligence to see what needed to be done. We just wouldn't table every issue that's out there because we don't want to make a decision to hurt somebody's feelings. Mm-hmm. I can promise you that. I wouldn't worry about Coach Leroy Spellman up at Spartanburg getting mad about what whatever decision was rendered if we did the right thing and we listened and we did every task on that agenda to get it done. I, if you hurt one person's feelings, I mean, who cares if it's a guy from Great Collegiate, who it would hurt. That's the fear that Great Collegiate, the, and I'll do the little quotes for you, the symbols, this great uh, collegiate academy or whatever we're talking about that we know gets out and recruits. We see their recruiting vans. We see their tools. Um, and, and if Oceanside does it, then Oceanside's in the the same way, man. I just don't know. But I, it didn't bother me this year because you weren't here. You were um, mm-hmm. doing whatever Jim filled in for you when you were on your little vacay. Um, we did get into it a minute, and we talked about it, and Jim says, well, what do you feel about Oceanside finally beating Gray? I said, I don't care who beats them. <laughs> that little deal with Gray and Abbeville, I, 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 Tom Brady could be the next – coach of, of gray and i'm not gonna pull for him i mean it's a situation i don't think is fair and i was okay with oceanside because granted they're probably doing the same things their own way it, that gray does they recruit can you imagine how good wando would actually be if everybody would leave them alone leave their players alone and quit nitpick them and put them in academies 
<laughs> they got 8,000 in the school, Tom. You can't uh-huh, tell me they sure. don't have 100 football players that can dominate? That'd be good. That'd be really good. Should it's be really it's good. just a frustrating subject, and I know you you and I both get it. Uh, get emotional about it. Yeah. I, I'm not going to say emotional. <laughs> it, just, it, just, it just makes you mad to see somebody not doing what they're supposed to be doing. So We'll, gotcha. we'll let we'll let Senate or whoever we want to call it, Congress or the state, right. make that decision that the high school mate should have made. All right, well, let's talk a little bit about uh, what you've been working on this week. Uh, well, what, the last 10 hours? <laughs> man. You've been working on uh, what's going on with Max Prep and who the best players in South Carolina are right now, yeah, football-wise. I mean, to me, and you brought it up, I mean, you know, Greenwood played Northwest and we got beat, but we saw a really good quarterback uh, that's only, a, what, a sophomore? Mm-hmm. We saw Cutter Woods, who's a sophomore at Westside. Um, junior, both of we, we played against some really good players in South Carolina. I don't want to take anything away from Josiah Thompson from uh, Dylan. He's an offensive lineman, and he has committed to the Gamecocks. He's one of the few guys that Matt Press has that's committed. Um, now, you know me. I'm going to go through and get the highlight players, and I, I'll give you – it'll be better in a couple of weeks when I go back and look at it. But what did surprise me about it, and what got this whole thing started was something you talked about a week ago, Sammy Brown. Um, and then the reason that we both talked about it, not only did he go to B-Rad's Tigers, um, he's also one of Cathcart's boys from Jefferson City, mm-hmm. uh, Jefferson County, excuse me, and then Georgia. And the line, B-Rad, you ever had a linebacker at Clemson that had, uh, what was it, 159 tackles? No, excuse me, 89 tackles and right at 1,400 yards rushing and touchdowns? You got a kid coming. His name's Sammy Brown. <laughs> So, he's on the way. So, keep your hopes up as a Tiger fan. But uh, that's just got what this whole list started going. And then the, there's – you know, we always talk about Georgia because of Billy Wade. He usually comes on and we, t- we talk about the quarterbacks. And I just went out and I just looked at the ones they had listed really quick from the states. Um, the top quarterback's Elijah Brown from Mata Day uh, in California. He's uncommitted, believe it or not. But, you know, the next two, you got – Dylan Riola, we all everybody knows Dylan Riola. Uh, he's committed to the Bulldogs. But the number three guy is a kid named Ryan Pajiski from Connecticut, and he's going to Georgia. So two of the top three quarterbacks are going to the University of Georgia, which is already and, packed in an already stacked quarterback room. So Gunnar Stockton, <laughs> you had a chance. You had committed. You decommitted. You moved on around. This is where the portal does bad, I think, for football. Because now you've given these guys the ability to go over and play wherever they want to. Um, so let me just tell Connor Puglisi from Connecticut, man, you're behind Rio already. Carson Beck's already there. Vandegrift's already there. Gunnar Stockton's already there. Just call, just go on and call Coach Beamer and tell him you want to come on into town. And uh, but but that's just one guy we're talking about. You got Cutter Bailey from Kentucky. He he stayed home. He's going to Kentucky. Here's the other one I want to ask Jim still about. And you and I already talked about this. He's from the body. His name is Micah Alejo. You know where he's going to college? Hmm. Hawaii. Now, what fellow wouldn't Hawaii. do that? <laughs> you know, I love playing baseball. I hoped I'd get the scholarship somewhere and all that. But that's the school I'm going to tell you right now. My mom would not have a say in that one. It'd be, yes, ma'am, I'll take that one right now and sign on. Um, but you got some really good players. I like the fact that a lot of these guys are on this list, uh, as far as like Isaac Washington's from Utah, he's staying with with, with Utah. Um, and then Caden Harris is uncommitted. But you got five guys on my list that's uncommitted right now. If you're a team, and here's the thing. If you're a team that needs a quarterback, you know you're going to need one next year, there they are right there. All you got to do is go make the call out to Mater Day or Bishop Gorman. 
which is the one in Vegas. Uh, the, the, it dominates every sport that there is out there because they're a 6A school. But um, Max Preps is, like you say, all they do is they go from the stats from the year before. And um, But I'm going to have fun with it this year because I'm going to have a whole list of – that's quarterbacks. I'll have running backs, receivers. Uh, there's some really good players in the top ten. And we'll talk right. about them as high school gets closer. Yeah, they get closer. All right, good deal. And then uh, the last thing I've got, uh, back to round to baseball once again. Um, but for the most part, we've heard that Spartanburg is getting a new baseball team that is up there. That came out in, what, the beginning of May sometime that they were getting a new one. Well, some more details have come out. Uh, one is um, the baseball stadium. Are they going to get a new one? Where is it going to be? Yes, they are getting a new stadium at 16 acres. That's parallel right now to the AC Hotel. Oh, that is out there. It's kind of like right behind and beside it. Uh, there's about 16 acres in downtown Spartanburg that'll be there. Um, is it going to be just baseball? No, it's also going to be single-family homes as well as shops that are going to be in amongst all of that to go along with it. So it's about a $250 million development project that they're working on to kind of revitalize that area of town in hopes that it'll spread out. That's how you do it. I mean, yeah. that's just that's how you do it. I mean, and now the, will they... Because I, I asked you when you came in, are they? Is this going to be a different team from the Waterburgers? It is different from the Waterburgers. Okay. So uh, yeah, so, the Waterburgers are gone. Um, the stadium, by the way, is going to have a five thousand dollars square foot club room for events and uh, concerts that they can hold and all of that. Uh, the parking lot, they'll build another parking garage to go along with the already. Uh, uh, you know, pretty well-used parking garages that they've already got out there. They need more of them, to tell you the truth. Um, and how they're paying for it is much the same way uh, through a referendum, that much like Greenwood did in getting uh, all of their baseball and, and football stadiums yeah. up and running that are there. Um, the big thing uh, that is coming, though, is when is it going to be built? When is it going to be done? They say this should be ready for the new team by 2025. Uh, and, of course, the naming of it has not happened as of yet. So they're still looking for some names to go along with it. One of the reporters that uh, was out there when they first uh, announced it, he basically said they wanted. He was kind of rooting for the Hub City Chuggers in favor <laughs> of the uh, train history that went down over there in Spartanburg at one time. That'd be cool. I so mean, I always wanted Greenwood to have like a downtown team, and I mean, there's nowhere to put it now. But um, like I said, we got Dolly, and we just we need that grasshopper team to come on in. So we need to get the mayor to get. Get pushing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Bring them in. We need, uh, you know, even if it's just a wooden bat league. I think a wooden bat league would be f- wooden bat leagues. If they're more fun anyway, you won't know the truth. But um, <laughs> they are, and I mean, I just we could Greenwood can support it. I mean, I know we got a lot going on now, and you wouldn't want to take away from post twenties and stuff like that. But um, I know well, that you could have it at post twenty. I, I mean, you got to think about it. You, you know, you're doing yeah, you can. You're doing your you doing your post twenty stuff, and I mean, I keep up with Green Jackets. Um, I keep up with um, Drive. Uh, and I've been starting to put a little bit more on there as the baseball starts to pick up, kind of to take off from what the the major league system is, because around here it's really just Braves. Yeah. Um, and I know you're a Brave, but I'm not a Brave. So, well, your um, Marlins are right behind. What, we are, and, I, and, and I love the arguments with the Mets fans. Are like, we are the bit, the highest <laughs> payroll with the best team. I said, man, you're game behind the Marlins, and we stink. So, I mean, where are you coming out with that? But, but like I said, we try to do a little bit. I know you like the hustle aspect of it, and, and I'm fine with minor league baseball. I love it. It's fun to go watch. Uh, and everything else. But um, a lot that we can do, and I'd love to see Greenwood have a chance to do something like that also. We're going to talk, going to get uh, town council as well as city council or uh, 
County Council. Well, the mayor's been right? asking about it. You know, he's been wanting to come on a whole bunch. You know, we need to get the mayor to come on and, and, and talk about it. Say, man, let's get some referendums going and get it started the right way. And it, you take care of the money first. The other is going to come. I mean, we've seen that at Greenwood High School. We're getting ready to see it at Emerald High School with, with press boxes and with stadiums and, and, and titantrons and stuff like that. So get the money handled first, and we'll worry about the stadium later. A bunch of fun upgrades coming their way. Yep. Can't wait to see it. Chris, always a pleasure. You too, brother. I want to thank Jim Steele for joining us here on today's podcast. He'll join us again uh, on Thursday. We'll talk a little College World Series, as the by then we'll know who uh, all the teams are. It'll uh, be set after be tonight, I guess. All eight. We're waiting on two more tonight uh, with that. Uh, Make sure to go out and catch Jim's podcast as well. The Coach's Chair podcast on podbean.com is where you can find it. That's there. Of course, you can catch us everywhere you do recruit for a podcast. He's Chris Cox. I'm Tom Carroll. We are the Lakeland Sports Guys.